Welcome back to Classroom Chats with Crystal, where my focus is on answering your questions in order to help further develop your teacher identity. I am excited today for a few reasons. The first being is that we started a Facebook group called Classroom Chats, and we now have over 100 plus members. So if you haven't already done so, please make sure that you join our Facebook group, invite a colleague, a friend, anyone who you believe can positively contribute, influence, and impact the community so that we can all continue to level up. We have a special guest on the show today, a very good friend of mine named Linda Ennias. She is going to talk with me a little bit about the COVID-19 takeaways from the program development level. Although she is gonna give us a little bit of information about her background, I do wanna share um, some of the projects that she's involved in. Um, First being, she is the program coordinator for a magnet uh, for the Future Educators of America, where her goal is to really uh, identify and nurture future educators. She sings the same note at the district level as a, what we call a great beginnings instructor, where she spends time working with new educators on effective strategies that they can implement in their classrooms. Additionally, she is also an instructor and a grader for our Developing Professionals program for educators who are seeking alternative certifications. And in this program, she also provides feedback and modeling for teachers who are continuing to grow in the profession. So we are in luck today because as we navigate through this uh, COVID pandemic, she has been involved at the program development level as well as as the classroom teacher. She's currently involved in a virtual camp for students and it really focuses on their transition from middle school to high school. So we spent a little time today talking about COVID-19, our learns on the teacher level as well as on the student level. And this is, this is going to be a very important conversation and one that's going to be ongoing um, because we know that leaders, education leaders across our country as well as the world are sitting at a virtual table discussing how the return of school is going to look, how are we going to keep students safe, how are we going to keep teachers safe, and how are we going to ensure that our students who possibly um, experience this slide in their academic performance and progress, how are we gonna address those needs as well as continue to grow all of our students. So please enjoy the conversation today. Thank you, thank you, Crystal. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It just depends where you are and what you are doing. Again, my name is Linda Enius. I, um, I've been teaching now for the past, this is my 10th year. I just finished up my 10th year. I taught three years in Miami at a charter school, and um, um, this is my seventh year in Orange County Public School. I started my educational journey here in Orange County at um, Evans Maynard High School. Go Trojans! And um, that Ed, Evans High School, I would say, hands down, has been a wonderful training ground for me coming in as what I would consider myself, even though I taught in Miami for three years, it was at a charter school. All of the resources and the support um, that I got at Evans prepared me for all the other roles I've taken on within Orange County Public School. So my time at Evans was definitely priceless. I learned and I grew from the best 
um, present company included. This is my, <laughs> a few years ago, my third year, I just finished my third year um, at Edgewater High School. So I'm sticking with the E's, Edgewater and Evans. So it's my third year at Evans High School. I presently serve as the coordinator of our Future Teachers of America Magnet. It's called the Center for Future Educators, CFE. And my primary goal is to prepare students to take Crystal's position, to take all of the APs and the principal's positions right now in Orange County. So when you guys retire and laying on a beach in the Bahamas sipping pina colada, it is my job to go ahead and find a replacement for you. So just to give you a little background about what the um, Center for Future Education Magnet Program is all about. We, uh, we primarily go and visit like our feeder schools, our feeder middle school, as well as schools outside of our feeder area, because we wanna encompass any student who says in eighth grade, wow, I wanna become a teacher someday. So those kids who wanna give back and, and enter into the most, um, rewarding profession, i.e. becoming an educator, would come into the program as a ninth grade. And there are times that we do have students come in as 10th graders, but that is the limit. It's only ninth and 10th grade for you to be able to enter into any magnet program in Orange County Public Schools. So those ninth graders would come and I would literally teach them how to become teachers. We do classroom management. We talk about building relationship with students. We talk about strategies. We talk about emotional, um, um, the importance of being able to emotionally connect with your students. So that's social emotional learning as well. So we do everything that uh, a new teacher in Orange County does. Um, so that's one of the projects that is near and dear to my heart. I, I just enjoy working with young people um and tra training them to become teachers someday um, another new initiative um, um that we're also working on is something a program a summer virtual program just think about that for a moment a summer virtual program all of the lessons are taught online and it is really for our scared towards our students in the magnet program it's called eput he put its Edgewater power up transition. So we are really taking ninth graders, primarily ninth graders. And we do have, again, have students who come into our Magnus um, during their sophomore year, but um, we would teach those students how to be successful students, how to be successful in high school. So it's really a lot of life skills, especially now in a distant learning platform, teaching them how to communicate um, in a distant learning environment. So this is, um, yesterday was our first day that we started. It's a eight day camp with Fridays, obviously we offer on Friday. And so that's another new initiative that um, I'm a part of with the team at um, Edgewater, so. All right, thank you so much. You shared a lot and I really wanna just talk a little bit about pre-COVID versus now all of the work that you've been doing, especially considering that we left for spring break and we were under the impression that we would be back in the classroom face-to-face -face with students. And within a week's time, teachers found out that they would, uh, their way of work was changing in a 
very drastic way for some teachers. So I want to spend a little time talking about this virtual environment that you are able to create with your colleagues, as well as um, some of our technology takeaways during this time. Because although we're not sure um, what the fall is going to look like, we know that at this point, um, technology and its presence is, is permanent for the most part. So let's talk COVID and technology uh, in this virtual environment that you all have created for those students that are preparing to be educators. Um, my question particularly would be, what are some of the technology, as I would put it, technology learns um, that you think that um, teachers were able to gather and to just really grow and develop in during this, this period where distance learning has become our quote, new normal? Well, you know what, I'm going to go sort of all the way back to my, I would say my second year at Evans High School. And I think a lot of teachers might be feeling the same way now um, as I did um, several years ago during my second year at Evans High School. I was not one to embrace technology. You know, the Xerox copier was my friend. And, and you could attest to this, and uh, those of you who've been in our moment, you know about the ever-popular Edmodo. It had the same interface like um, Facebook. Now, remember, I was not even a part of Facebook. I think I really just joined Facebook, what, last week, Crystal? <laughs> Absolutely. And Anchor today, right? We grow every day. Yeah, and Anchor today. It took me 20 minutes to download the thing. But um, I was like many of you now, right now in this distant learning environment where you are terrified. And I think we are terrified and I was terrified of technology back then. It's because I did not know it and I wasn't comfortable. So for adults, um, sometimes our, our inadequacies show up as, I don't feel like doing this and I don't want to do it rather than saying oh my god i need to learn this can can i let me take the time to find somebody to teach me it is usually through some kind of dire circumstance that force us to say wait a minute i have to learn this thing and that's exactly what happened when i was at edgewater i'm um, evans high school and i'm sorry sometimes i go interchangeably when i was at evans high school <laughs> i was in the capacity of an ela coach and, um, you know, we had some situation where, you know, some of our teachers had gone through a pretty rough time and they were no longer with us um, with short notice. So all of a sudden I found myself having to navigate more than one classroom. And I distinctly remember going to Crystal and I said, hey, I think I need you to teach me this Edmodo thing. <laughs> oh right. You actually said something uh, I think is valuable, where sometimes we, instead of embracing things that we're uncomfortable with, we kind of push it away. But what I would say is that one takeaway that I have as well is that with COVID, um, it really put a lot of people, uh, leadership included, in a position where we had to learn um, technology tools in a very short turnaround time. And in our district, we are one-to-one -one here in uh, Orange County Public Schools. However, the integration, everyone was at a different level of integrating technology tools. So when everyone was told that it was time to shift to distance learning, um, there are one or two things that happened. Even, either uh, they decided, as Linda says, to embrace uh, these new technology tools that we needed to use in order to teach children and to reach them, or we uh, pushed back 
push back just a little bit. Some individuals, they took the time to say, okay, well, I learned one tool and I learned it well and, and I'll move forward. Um, but I do agree that sometimes uh, when we're put into a situation where we have to learn it, uh, that actually grows us in the process. Yes. Um, I will I will say exactly, um, I know Linda has mentioned the fact that she grew a lot from Everest High School and um, I did lead the team, the professional development team there when we went digital one-to-one. And not many people know this, but one thing that I'm sure she's heard me say more than once is that I remember my principal putting me on this technology team and I said, man, I don't know why she put me on this team. <laughs> I was like, but you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I'm just gonna be on the team. I'll be a silent contributor. <laughs> and within uh, a couple of weeks, the, the original leader was no longer with us. And I naturally slid into that position. Mm -hmm. And I found myself, you know, silently terrified where I'm like, man, I don't know this tool or that tool. And I, I have no idea what direction to go in. Um, but one thing about it is that she had given me that task, she had given me that job, and it's a lady that I respected very much. So with that in mind, I said, well, I guess I have to learn it uh, because I can't teach teachers anything that I am um, really avoiding. So it, exactly. So I ended up, so although I get a lot of uh, credit for rolling out our digital initiatives at Evans, uh, most people don't know that in order for me to teach those things, I had to learn it. Um, and it was quite the transition. So I can only imagine what a lot of teachers um, were feeling when they only had a week really to come to terms with this. At least in Orange County, it was a week. They said, hey, you guys come in for a week and we need you to shift your way of work in a week. And we want to make sure that we're still reaching children and we're still um, ensuring that kids are learning. So thanks for sharing that because you mentioned some very valuable points. Um, when it comes down to technology and students during this, this pandemic, what might you say um, that we notice about children and their resiliency and some of the technology skills and tools that they've learned throughout this process? You know, one thing that I must remind teachers is that our students are really kind-hearted. They are patient, they are kind, and they are understanding, especially when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to our students. So I do remember when I embrace technology, and even now, even the big blue button and all of the features, I say to my student, listen, <laughs> I have not really been on big blue button. I've seen it in presentation. I know our CRT at our school, she had done like a lot of our trainings through big blue button, but I had never, you know, opened my own session and uh, initiate a, a conference in big blue button and what's not. And so when we did transfer into our the COVID-19 mode of working at home, I was very, very um, transparent with my student. I said, look, guys, you know, you're 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 a little more savvy than Miss Enius is, and I'm gonna need your help. So there are gonna be some trials and errors here, and our mm -hmm. my students supported me through the entire process. Now we all are professionals together because I included them in the work that has to be done in terms of navigating yeah. all of those features. And I think teachers need to remember that it's okay that we can lean on our students and we can let them know that we are vulnerable and we do need their help and we do need their support. Right, and just for those of you who are not in Orange County Public Schools, because I do have some listeners in like Alabama and Georgia and I think maybe even Germany, um, just to clarify, when uh, Linda says BBB, that is Orange County Public Schools version of Zoom. 
where it is a virtual class space where uh, teachers and students meet. And that is our virtual version of a face-to-face -face class where students, we can see our students, they can see us, um, and we can present lessons and just really interact and stay connected with kids. Um, one thing that uh, Linda mentioned that was uh, interesting and just a great reminder is that we need to really include students in this process. Uh -huh. um, even, uh, I think, before this, we may have had lower ed students and mm. there we knew that they use technology but we also believe that they did not know how to use it um, in order to be productive and that may have been the case mm. but what we found um, during uh, distance learning and COVID is that a lot of students and I'll let you chime in on this as well a lot of students began to exhibit skills um, that were very similar to that of adults and working in corporate America uh -huh. where they were now scheduling conferences phone calls they were now taking over screens and uh, presenting information and connecting with their colleagues mm -hmm. or with their peers. So we began to see, that was another takeaway, that when we present um, when we present those things to students, they rise to the challenge at each turn, which was very comforting. I would tell you just as a, a, an administrator, I took the time to visit the virtual classes to just, you know, drop in to support the teachers and to support the learning and the work that was happening. And students would be so thrilled to be in the virtual sessions. At times they wouldn't have cameras on, but as soon as I would enter, they wanted me to see them. And I saw these students who were sitting there with, in the, at their desks there, at their workspaces with headphones on, um, notebooks out, and just looking very studious. And these are sometimes students who in the classroom may have been distracted or lack focus. And it was just so good to see um, that students were really embracing um, this environment. This is not to say that all kids had that same opportunity, um, but I will say that there has been work that was done as well as work that could be observed to where kids uh, walked away from this experience um, if they had the opportunity to use the technology tools um, stronger. Uh -huh. What would you say to that, Linda? Uh, absolutely. I mean, just today, okay, I was in one of the session I had about I'm 35 students in the session. And of course, I am navigating the public chat. I am disseminating information because I shared my screen. Uh, today, my students had to, uh, we, I did a, a mini lesson on, on having them understand what kind of learner they are. So they had a little survey. They had to um, go ahead and fill out the survey. So while I'm doing that, and I said, now, if you do understand me, because there's a portion of my um, lesson where I do have them show their faces on camera. And there are times where I only have them have the audio um, feature um, initiated because sometimes the camera can be distracting. So as a teacher, you have to know when to use that visual component and when to pull back on it. So today, as I am in there navigating, then there's some students who are not able to get in. Then the parents are emailing me on one hand, say, hey, my child is having a problem. This is in the middle of a session, a full-blown session. And there was a student who in the public chat said, oh, I don't know how to set my status to thumbs up. Do you know within a nanosecond, there was a student on that platform that typed in the public thing as to what to do? And all I said was, thank you, Billy Bob, just for privacy reasons. I said, thank you, Billy Bob. I said, thank you so much for helping Miss E. I appreciate that. 
And so when you're talking about students stepping up to the plate, feeling empowered to help each other in this environment, I mean, they have definitely done that. But again, when we started our session, we reiterate all the time that we are learning and growing together. Your mistake is my mistake and your success is my success. So even though these students have only been with me for two days, that was established right at the very beginning. And to see another student help a classmate that I don't even think that student saw that child's face because there are times that our students are not comfortable showing their faces on camera and teachers, please do not push it. Do not say, oh, you have to do it. You say, whatever makes you comfortable, we will go with that. Because you're gonna have other opportunities where you could be able to see their faces and be able to have them be comfortable, but do not force the process because there are some kids who are even shy in the virtual environment. So yes, absolutely, that kid helped me out and I was elated, yep. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that we know is that the way that we do school or the way that school happens will most definitely shift. We might not know the details right now, but we know for a fact that there's change on the way. There are talks about some students coming on Monday and Tuesday, other kids coming Thursday and Friday, some kids uh, permanently learning uh, virtually while other students are sitting in the physical classroom, or even some students coming in the morning and other students coming in the afternoon. But in all of these plans, there's some component of virtual learning. So moving into the, the new normal of education, what advice might you give uh, regarding just embracing this virtual environment and even how to grow if this was a struggle? for you um, during this time period? Because a lot of teachers were just holding their breath, um, just waiting until it was over. Right. Um, because some of them are not comfortable being on the camera or even hosting um, video classes. Right. Some are not comfortable reaching out and calling home uh, using their personal devices or even a Google Voice. So there are a lot of people who were just holding their breath like, okay, two weeks to go, three weeks to go, two hours to go. Um, and, um, and unfortunately for those individuals, uh, some component of technology, it will still very much be a part of our new normal, especially if we go to a hybrid model. So what, what might you recommend or suggest for these individuals? You know, when I taught reading um, for my very first year teaching, I didn't know anything about anything. And somehow I was given the task of teaching reading to sixth graders in Miami-Dade County. <laughs> um, and parents <laughs> always asked me, how do I get my child to become a better reader? And my answer was very simple. Just have them read more often. It's like riding a bicycle, I would say. You want your child to be a really good, uh, a good bicyclist, right? You're not going to have them on the skateboard or you're not going to have them on a swing set or you're not going to have them, you know, uh, uh, on a softball field or whatever. What are you going to have them on? You're going to have them on that bicycle. So I would say to new teachers or teachers who might be a little uh, iffy about embracing technology in the classroom, just do it like the Nike just do it. The more you do it, the better you will become. And let me tell you, there's a caveat here. 
you don't ever want your students for the most part to know more than you do. Because you know what I told those students, those 97 students in our virtual class today? I said, I am so proud of you guys because when school opens and we don't know what this is gonna look like, okay? Whether it's part-time, full-time, whatever, you are gonna be the student leaders in your classroom. All of the, the trials, the tribulation, the success, um, everything that we experience for the next eight days, you're gonna have that in your repertoire now and you can speak from personal experience how this works. So we have to be able to be one step ahead of our students and embracing technology and practicing on those platforms is definitely, so I would say, don't be afraid, just embrace it and, and Get on don't make mistakes, but you will learn from your mistake. Besides, is that not what we tell students? So we cannot be, <laughs> we cannot say to our students, hey, you need to embrace learning new things and then when it comes for to us learning or operating in a new environment we cannot translate that advice into our own personal lives so yeah thank you and i'll end with this question because as i mentioned a moment ago we are uh, education is shifting and there's nothing that leads me to believe that these changes will be temporary so as the coordinator of um the future educators uh, magnet at your school, what can we do in order to really support future educators or new educators in this journey? Um, I would really say training, you know, because you and I can be on this podcast and we can tell teachers, okay, open yourself up to embrace this learning and, you know, be open to it. But in truth and in fact, we need training. We need adequate training. It cannot be a training where one day you come and the next day they expect for you to be professionals at whatever it is that you're trying to learn. Mm -hmm. We need to have models of what, what technology in the classroom look like in real time. So for example, today, as I was on the platform, I did not exit my classroom because my students, I saw that some students were still online, you know, because in Big Blue Button, you can see when they exit, you can see when they're still in the room. So there was mm -hmm. a kid who stayed in the room and I said, hey, are you still in the room? And so the kid said, yes, I am. And I said, are you okay? Is there any question you have for me before I release you? Because when they found out their learning style their assignment was to write an email to their mom or dad, telling the mom and dad the type of learner they are and how they would like to be supported at home during this learning style. So the kid said to me, oh, you know, I'm not sure if I'm doing it correctly. So I said, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna exit this platform and I'm gonna send you a link and you and I will talk about it. So just one-on-one -on -one, technology allowed me to have a private conversation with that student in a safe environment without all of the other students being there and hearing what is, you know, what is transpiring between myself and that student. And I was able to bring clarity and to bring confidence to that student. So without technology, I could not imagine how I would have done that. And, and that was yesterday, as a matter of fact, as well as today it happened as well so for the past two days 
I was able to have one-on-one -on -one session with students to be able to either answer questions or to be able to make them feel comfortable, look at their document. I was able to share my screen. We look at the document, we see if they answered the question that I asked, if they included some of the advice that the um, online platform had given. Like if it say, hey, if you are an auditory learner, you, you learn best if this, this, this happened. And so what I had them do was highlight three or four of those suggestions. And those are the things or the suggestion that they could have shared with their parents. But technology allowed me to have a one-on-one -on -one in real time with a student. I mean, we couldn't ask for anything better than that, can we? Not at all. So what I will say is that you, if you're a leader in education, um, that training teachers, as we continue to uh, move into this shift in education, it's going to be imperative. And if you are a veteran educator and we have new, there are new teachers on your team, just take the time to wrap your arms around them and just extend whatever bit of expertise that you have in this particular arena. It is a lot already to be a new teacher mm -hmm. um, and then to enter education um, during the pandemic, it will, will present its own unique challenges. And as Linda said, um, training, 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 modeling and support are gonna be key to ensuring that we have educators uh, that stay the long haul. So, and so I like to say, hey, thank you for joining me today and just spending time with me. As always, it's, it's quite a pleasure. Same here, anytime, anytime my self-appointed mentee. Kristen is actually my self-appointed mentor, guys, if you didn't know that, you know, right across the parking lot at Evans High School, somebody had mentioned that she's a phenomenal teacher. <laughs> and even though I'm sure I had a mentor that I was assigned to that I can't even think about who that person is right now, I sort of appointed Crystal as my mentor because I wanted to learn from the best and I made an excellent choice. And so thank you so much, Crystal, for pouring into me personally and professionally. I am indebted to you. I mean, and in this podcast, I, I mean, we could talk about a lot of uh, situations where we had technology fails, right? Uh, tonight included, uh, because it, just as much as I taught you, you taught me about technology so that I can teach other people when those when those issues came up. So, you know, I listened to you and even the growth um, in regards to the different positions and projects you're working on, and I can't be anything other than proud. So to, to have self-appointed me, I can only say, well, thanks for that, because I, I'm not good at selecting them. <laughs> Ah, it's true story. All right, but thank you for spending time with me here, friend. You're welcome, friend. Thank you for joining us for this conversation today on the COVID-19 and where we go from here. As we well know, we continue to navigate this pandemic and there are still many questions and uncertainties from the teacher standpoint, the leader standpoint, as well as our students and their families. So as we move forward, what I would like for you to do is just reflect on some of the topics and concepts that we discussed and think about where you are in regard to this shift that is undoubtedly gonna continue to occur in education. If you have a question that you'd like for me to address, please feel free to post it on the Facebook group or send me a message through the Anchor app and we will circle up and we'll address some of those concerns and questions you may have. Additionally, if there are new teachers in your circle or in your school, don't forget to reach back 
right, or to stretch forward and contact those teachers to see if they need your assistance of any kind. Because this, starting to teach in the middle of a pandemic um, is, is quite the challenge because it's a challenge when we're not living through a pandemic with uh, education shifts. So although they may be new to this and they might not know what our old normal was, they do know that there's quite a bit of quote stress in this particular situation um, because we are, as my friend would say, adding much to plenty in some aspects. So as always, thank you for spending time with me here on Classroom Tracks with Crystal.